Welcome, beautiful humans, to Peepo's Power Hour, the home where spirituality takes practicality. Using the ABCDE effect, awareness breeds choice, decision, and energy. You can harness the limitations of your mind and body and courageously leap into the infinite expanse of your soul's true purpose. Let's get it. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back to my seventh episode of Peepo's Power Hour. Today, I have evolutionary astrologer Daisy Douglas joining me to share some extremely powerful and important messages about the cosmos. Whether or not you found solace in the divine order of the heavens, or you have absolutely no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, today will offer you profound insight on your soul blueprint. I encourage you to keep an open mind as we dive into what your sun, moon, and rising sign means, how astrologists have been anticipating and preparing for the manifestation of the coronavirus for years prior, and blast off rapid-fire insights on each astrological sign. Daisy is a treat, and I'm really looking forward to offering something different on my platform. It was only when I began to deeply question my patterns, habits, and conditioning that I began to look up at the heavens questioning my soul blueprint. Why was I here on earth? Was there a divine order for me already set in place? What did it mean to embody a Capricorn? I've only found more comfort in understanding the heavens and I pray you will keep an open mind and gift yourself that same opportunity. But before we begin, y'all already know what it is. Let's get comfortable and let's all take a deep breath in. Let's take a deep breath in and let it go. Now this time, I want you to think of something that's stressing you out. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Got it? All right, let's take a deep breath in and let that story go. Release that fear. The soul doesn't have stress, baby boo. It's your mind that has conditioned you. Let's take one more deep breath in. And let it go. My friends, my soul family, I bring to you Daisy Douglas. Daisy, why don't you tell us a little bit about how astrology found you and how that became your soul's purpose? Thank you. So firstly, of course, I just want to say thank you so much for having me and you're just so wonderful. And if anyone listening doesn't know, Pipo does the, Pipo does the most amazing, amazing readings and just her heart and soul. I can just feel it so strong in the work that she does. So I'm very grateful to be here with you. You're so beautiful and I can't wait for us to meet in person one day. <laughs> I think we'll be good friends. <laughs> Girl, we're both, um, you don't know this, but I put on a turtleneck last minute listeners and I had a hunch that Daisy was going to have the same and lo and behold, she it understands happens. that. Yes, exactly. I love that. <laughs> Total next, this does. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> 
So yeah, when it comes to astrology, I definitely believe that this is something I've been working with throughout many lifetimes. And I think that in this lifetime, I was definitely started off though as one of those, based on the environment I grew up in, the conditioning I grew up around, the context I was born into. I think we all have to go through our process of individuation and self-initiation, you know, to separate from the context we come into. So where I was born, I was like, no, astrology is silly. Even though my mom was really into like meditation and spirituality, I, I only saw the horoscopes in magazines. And I felt like, especially when astrology met, came to me, I could say, or when I found it again, it, it was not a trend yet. It was not something that people were picking up on yet. You know, in today's day and age or in this year and this time, people are really starting to get interested in it again and actually give it value and credit. But when I started getting into it, it was definitely not like that at all. So we're really lucky that people are starting to pick up on it again, which I'm so grateful for. But yeah, astrology found me when I was in like my mid-teens, I would say. Um, one of my best friends actually showed me a book. And at first I was like, what is this nonsense? Because again, like I don't believe in horoscopes and still with the work I do today, I don't believe in horoscopes. Um, huh. The stuff that I post on my page, it's different to horoscopes because for horoscopes, it's like Aries, this is what's gonna happen for you this month or week. and. With the type of astrology that I do, it's like things are so specific to your soul blueprint. How can you say, oh, this is going to happen for this archetype? So I don't really support that. And I think that there's been a huge misperception around what astrology really is. So the horoscopes and the pop culture of astrology, it's given astrology a bit of a bad reputation, which is starting to be reconciled today, which I'm very grateful mm. for. But yeah, when astrology found me... Um, I picked up this book and then immediately I was like, okay, what the hell? I'm hooked. So I just dove deep into doing self-study. And then I started, of course, at my first ever astrology school in Sydney called Sydney Astrology School. And I was there for about three or three and a half years um, and, you know, finished completely with them. And then I've been to many other courses since then. And honestly, it's something I'm going to continue studying for the rest of my life when I'm not giving readings and I'm not working on my business, I'm studying astrology. So I guess you could say I'm a bit of a geek. <laughs> but you know what? I feel like you should be a geek. You know, when it comes to something that that is your purpose, I know for me, like I enjoy getting immersed in it. I enjoy spending all day learning and um, really trying to hone in those skills, right? Nothing is yeah. more important, I believe, than, than that self-mastery. And when you know what your purpose yeah. is, it it excites you, right? Yeah. So I would love it if we could just scale back a little bit and talk to some of our listeners about what your soul blueprint is. Yeah, of course. So when I'm talking about a soul blueprint, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take it back a little bit. I'm talking about the birth chart. So the birth chart is essentially a snapshot of the stars, the exact placement of the stars at the exact time and place of your birth. Mm -hmm. And it is a reflection essentially of the karma or the map, let's say, of your soul, of what you have come here to live out and experience in this lifetime. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that in a fated way in like you have to specifically live out in this physical way, even though I do believe that the soul chooses a context to come into. But astrology gives us a really beautiful relationship between fate and free will in the sense that your soul will, I believe, your soul chooses to come through and work with specific energies in this lifetime that we'll find in the birth chart based on past life experiences or based on family ancestry and patterns that you're needing to work through and clear 
And within that container of energy, you have complete freedom of choice to work with that energy however you want and have it manifest however you want. And therefore, I believe our free will is our ability to choose to honor and support our evolution or to resist it and go against it. Because we can't necessarily be like, I'm just going to fly right now because like, you know, we can't do that yet. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> um, unless we're like astral traveling or something. But um, yeah, I hope that explains it nicely for you. But but I guess to put it more in layman's terms, the, the, the soul blueprint or the birth chart, it just helps us to understand so much more than say your zodiac sign, which is actually your sun sign. It's showing us all of the different planets at the time of your birth and how those essentially are, are a reflection of the energy that is already present within you. So that's another really important point that I want to demystify with astrology. The cosmos is not affecting you. It's not influencing you. It is reflecting you. So we are not separate from it. And again, I feel like this really demystifies it because people will always say, well, how can the stars make me do something? No, the stars, they're not making you do anything. And we also can't blame the stars for anything. We can't blame Mercury retrograde for anything. They are purely actually our helpers to reflect to us the cycles and the rhythms that we are already going through as a collective and on a personal level. Uh, yeah. I love that. Okay, so then I want to ask you quickly about... Um, the the conjunction that happened that a lot of astrologers have been um mm. you know calling for a very long time so the virus isn't really a surprise to many astrologers what would you say to that yeah so i love that you say that and yeah the conjunction that happened of course initially um with the saturn and and pluto and capricorn and then we had it come through with jupiter meeting them and mars was there at one point with jupiter and pluto it was just like woo, something big is happening yeah and so yeah as astrologers we knew that this year something major 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 was going to happen major but we don't again we're not fortune tellers and this is another thing i want to demystify about astrology and for me going to uh i don't want to say like a good astrologer but it's about empowering people, okay? If someone is trying to maybe fortune tell for you and put your future in front of you, I feel like it's taking someone out of their power. So as astrologers, when we're reading the transits, we don't know how something's gonna physically manifest. We might have an intuition, we might have an idea, but the way that that energy manifests is completely reflective of where we are at as a collective, where we are at in our human consciousness and where we are at on a personal level. So the energy of the planets and the archetypes, it has millions of different ways that it can come to manifest, you know? And that's yeah. why, not to sidetrack, but that's why like two people who are born with the exact same birth chart they're working with a similar energy, but those energies can manifest in completely different ways. So there's maybe some shared intentions there, but it's not like they're gonna be the exact same person, you know? Because everyone has a different level of consciousness. Everyone's at their different level in evolution. And some people are supporting and some people are resisting. So uh -huh. back to the conjunction, we knew. And so the way that I'll explain it to you guys is that the way I was understanding, say, this Saturn-Pluto conjunction that was happening, I was like, okay, Pluto is this planet of death, rebirth, and transformation. Pluto is also this planet of bringing muck and shit out that has been hiding deep beneath the surface that needs to come out into the open. Now, Saturn is this planet that is all to do with this duality, with this physical dualistic experience that also ties into authority, 
the government, social norms and systems and structures. So you bring these two planets together and you can already tell this planet of death and transformation mm. to this planet of social structure and authority. It's like we already know some major breaking down, especially because as well, Pluto has a lot to do with power. This breaking down and, and you know, reformation, we could say, of structure and power in society is needing to happen. But for that to happen, Pluto is going to have to bring a lot of shit out into the surface. Wow. And I think, again... Also, the fact that Jupiter came to conjunct and Jupiter is this planet of just magnifying. Like anything Jupiter touches, he just magnifies and it doesn't, it's my puppy is barking at kangaroo. Welcome to Australia. He's, um, he's, he agrees. That's what he's saying. Spirit is like, yes, sis, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so Jupiter just came and magnified it. And, you know, Jupiter being a social planet as well as Saturn, they have to do, again, with, with the collective. It's, 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 it's a huge thing. So this is reflective, therefore, of why the virus had to come out, essentially. And we're still not fully seeing, of course, the ramifications of it yet. Because as we hear a lot of people saying now, you know, what is the new normal going to be? There's going to be, nothing's going to be the same again. And I was listening to this podcast last night, and it really stuck with me because this guy was saying on it, you know, the thing that I'm more afraid about is the fact that we have, for, for a good reason, given away a lot of our rights at the moment because we're protecting people who are at risk, which is good. But how much of that are we going to get back? You know, now yeah. that we've given it away, how much yeah. are we going to actually get back? And that's where he was saying, and that's what I'm a bit scared about. So with that, you know, to take it a bit deeper, Saturn moved into Aquarius, and we also have Uranus there in Taurus at the moment, not to confuse people too much, but this is just a really, really beautiful example of the, a bit of a revolution starting yeah. to happen. For yeah. me, a big message that has been coming through collectively is on a personal level and on a collective level, we are being forced to redefine what survival means to us, and not just in a physical way, but in a psychological way, how have you been psychologically conditioned to attach love and what have you been psychologically conditioned to attach love and belonging to, you know, and how is that your survival? Because now you're probably being forced to have to redefine that. Calling all meditators, calling all meditators. Do you want to live an intentional life? Do you want to have mindful connections surrounding you, not only in that connection within, but in the connections around you? Do you value authenticity, connection, growth, curiosity, and ease? Then drum roll, please. Mala Collective is your place. Their products are handmade using traditional methods, natural materials, and authenticity. Mala Collective designs pieces to merge meditative traditional practices with a modern day aesthetic. Whether it is your first day meditating or you've been meditating for the last 20 years, I know you will find something within their collection that will enhance, improve, and elevate your mindful connection. Use Victoria20 for your 20% discount code and go to www.malacollective.com today. So can you explain a little bit, um, kind of like 101, what does your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign mean? 
Sure. So astrologically, we call that the primal triad. So it's the three counterparts to someone's being that really makes up, we could say, the core personality or the core identity, even though we would say that the sun is like the core, core personality. So the way through an evolutionary perspective, the way that I see the moon is the moon is essentially reflective of our emotional body. It's more of our inner world. It's our subconscious self. But it's our inner child. But the thing I love to say about the moon is that it's whatever moon you've come in with in this lifetime, it is the lesson that your heart is needing to learn mm. based on what you've been through in the past. And I absolutely adore that. So it's like whatever you've been through in the past, your soul has said, I like the best example I can give is I've had to come through with a Taurus moon in this lifetime because in my past life, I was living in so much anxiety, so much stress that my, this lifetime, the Taurus moon is like, you need to fucking chill out and be patient and just be relaxed and just take time for yourself and slow it down. Mm. So the sun in the birth chart, it's our sanity. It's our coherent understanding of self. And wherever we have the sun, it's where we want to shine in the world. So the sun is something that will bring a piece of us into every situation, whereas maybe in other parts of the chart, I mean, the chart's always working together. You can't have one planet working at once. They're all working together, but you know, they will shine more brightly in different areas of our life. So especially like wherever I find the house that the sun is in the chart, this is reflective of a theme of someone's life for me because that's where they're wanting to really illuminate themselves into the world. And then finally, the way that I interpret the ascendant is I see the ascendant, like in, in, in layman's terms, in traditional astrology, they'd say the ascendant is your outer layer. It's the way people see you when they first meet you. It's connected to your physicality, um, you know, your physical expression in the world, including your appearance, but it's also the filter through which the chart connects with the world around it. Now, The way I see the ascendant is I see it as an energy that is just on our outer layer that we are growing into. So the older that we get, the more we fully integrate with our ascendant. And the way I've really seen this work is that it's almost like other people tend to project our ascendant onto us more than we feel connected to it in ourselves, depending on what is happening in the rest of the chart. But I found whatever's on our ascendant, if people don't take the chance to get to know us better, it's really easy for them to just attach us to this one thing um, and also project that energy onto us. And I've seen it happen a lot with my clients, with myself, but ultimately I see the ascendant as something we are ascending into. There's something about the ascendant that it is attracting certain experiences into our life, flavored by the archetype that is there that are teaching us something around how we have to learn to meet the world in a certain way. I think my favorite thing about teaching people about their archetypes is no longer just profiling someone and being like, this is who you are. It's about being like, you are that for a fucking reason. Like if you're having an issue with any of the energies in your chart, I want you to understand that you specifically are that for a reason. Like if you have come through in this lifetime with quite a a chart that needs a lot of freedom, that needs a lot of sexual freedom, that needs to express itself and be loud, it's probably because you've come from a past life where you have been in a cage and you have been so suppressed and you have been unable to have the freedom to move and express yourself. So that's why it's so important for us to no longer look through the lens of like, oh, what does that mean? But why am I with this energy? Why? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, <laughs> that's, 
that is very powerful because then it because then it makes more sense your your life experience makes more sense and so i want to do a little game with you yes i like games and this is going to be like kind of rapid fire okay daisy so i'm going to name um each sign and i want you to give me no more than three words but at least one word adjective preferably that you would describe each sign okay 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 all right okay we're gonna start with the fire signs so aries sorry my dog's growling at her own reflection that's what she does so aries um, that was very, that was very Aries. Well, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> the reason why I say that is because the first words for Aries is uninhibited, primal, and pioneer. Okay. Leo. Here to be seen, giving life to life. Sorry, I know that's more than three words. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. And Sagittarius. Vision quester symbol of freedom and going for one's dreams love it okay taurus embodied sensual simplicity and divinity in simplicity okay virgo purification efficiency and understanding systems so that one can make them more efficient. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And Capricorn. Great work, masterpiece, authority, and wisdom of the elder. Okay. Those were our earth signs. And now we've got Gemini. Curiosity, questioning everything, open-mindedness. Libra. Learning through the other, equality, learning how to become comfortable with conflict. Mm, an Aquarius. Revolutionary, not of this time, but of the future and leading us into the unknown in the future okay, those through are invention. Are... Yeah. Invention. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that yeah. a whole bunch. Okay, that was air. And then we've got one more. So cancer. Yeah. Also, I just wanted to say for Libra, I wanted to bring in the important piece of harmony and aesthetic balancing. But okay, for cancer, which is one of my personal loves. I love cancerian energy. Looking for a cancerian husband, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> cancer, I will say the womb, the divine feminine, the divine mother, and domestic that domestic safe energy, yeah. Mm, okay, Scorpio. Penetrating to the depth of something or someone, merging, being fully in and fully out. Okay, and Pisces. Ether. Spirit that has not been touched and tainted by the human ego, boundarylessness, divine channel, escapism, and mm. fantasy. And those were our water signs. Wow, you passed that test, sis. I also found <laughs> it to be extremely divine watching you 
create those words in your body, in your energy body. You can tell how passionate you are about what you do. So I just, (laughs) you're amazing. Your energy is absolutely gorgeous, my friend. And so how, how do we get a reading with you? How do we get this time with you one-on-one? What kind of offers do you have for some of our listeners? Yeah. So I have a a new way that I'm offering my sessions. I have a new client session now, um, which has more of a premium price point. And then if you want to continue working with me, I've made it more affordable for people who want to work with me long-term, but yeah, in the new client session, whether you've had a reading or not before, I always like to dive into one soul blueprint because I feel like every astrologer has such a unique way of working with the chart. And that's why I encourage everyone to learn from different astrologers, get different kinds of readings as well. Um, so yeah, you can get go on my website, which is flowersfordays.com. And if you just want to have daily astro- astrological updates, you can follow me on my Instagram page, which is at flowersfordays underscore astrology. And when I say days, it's D-A-I-S because my name is Daisy. <laughs> Cute. Well, you know what? I am, I am truly so grateful that you have come on to my podcast because this is a very, very, very important um knowing that I think more people are waking up to. So again, I just want to thank you so much for your time and I pray for your perfect health, my friend. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Touche. Thank you so much for joining Daisy and I today. Didn't her energy feel like a warm blanket on a winter's eve? Next week, I will be coming to you with another energy reading launched Monday, May 25th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I pray you are allowing yourself to be open to exploring your true self, your unshakable self, your highest self. As always, if you feel called to share this episode with your friends and family or favorite this episode, it helps me continue to bring sick guests on my podcast who have messages we all need to hear. But until then, and until when, I pray for your perfect health. I love you.